days at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the June 13th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Kenya topped the medals table at the African Athletics Championships, which ended Sunday in Mauritius. Team Kenya tallied 10 gold medals and 23 medals overall. The Kenyans finished ahead of South Africa, which won nine gold medals in field events. This Kenyan athlete won his fourth African title in the men's javelin throw. Hi, my name is Julius Diego, former world javelin champion and Olympic silver medalist. And you are listening to the Sony side of sports on the Voice of America. Julius Yego had a winning throw of 79 meters, 62. The Egyptian Ihab Abdelrahman won the silver medal. And Philippus Jans von Rensburg of South Africa won the bronze medal. Julius Yego says the last two years have been challenging for him because of injury. And after winning another African title, he's confident he can win more international medals. Team Nigeria and Team Algeria won five gold medals each in Mauritius. And they finished third and fourth, respectively, on the medals table. And let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Nigerian athlete Chukwu Abuka Enekweche who set an African championship record in the men's shot put with a throw of 21 meters 20. And let's give another sunny side of sports salute to sprinter Aminatu Saini, who won Niger's first ever gold medal in the women's 200 meters race. Saini clocked 23.04 seconds, and she also won a silver medal in the women's 100 meters race, which was won by Gina Bass of Gambia in 11.06 seconds. And one more sunny side of sports salute. This one for this African record holder from Kenya, who won the men's 100 meters race in Mauritius in 9.93 seconds. Hi guys, I'm Ferdinand Omanyala, the fastest man in Africa, African 100 meter record holder. And now you're listening to Sunny's Side of Sports on The Voice of America. With the World Cup kicking off in just over five months in Qatar, some teams are warming up for football's premier event with friendly international matches. Joining us with more details is Prince Nesta. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. The Blue Sharks of Cape Fund were beaten 1-0 by Walker-bound Ecuador, courtesy of a Jody Caicedo's 38th-minute penalty. In a match that was played at the DRV PNK Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Ecuador are set to play host Qatar, the Lions of Tiranga from Senegal, and the Netherlands of the World Cup scheduled to take place in late November. 
In another friendly match, the Pharaohs of Egypt are also set to play a friendly match against South Korea in Seoul on Tuesday. This comes after the Egyptians suffered a 2-0 shock defeat in the hands of the Waliyas of Ethiopia in last week's Thursday match at Bingo Stadium in Malawi. Ethiopia ranked 140th in the FIFA World Rankings, 108 places behind Egypt who are playing as part of the matches of the second round of the 2023 Afcon Quilly. The Pharaohs played the match without some of their key players, including their Liverpool playmaker Mo Salah, Arsenal star Mohamed El Neni, Mahmoud Trezge, Ahmed Higazi, Yasir Abraham, and Ahmed Fetu. In another friendly match, Miki Amani, Kaoru Mitoma, Takifusa Kubo, and Daisen Maeda all registered their names in the scholarship to help Japan secure a 4 1 win over fellow 2022 World Cup participants, the Black Stars of Ghana, in a friendly match played at the Kobe's Novia Stadium. The friendly was part of the four team Kirin Cup tournament, which also saw the Cartage Eagles of Tunisia beat Chile 2 0 early in the day. Tunisia will face Japan in Tuesday's final. With the 2022 World Cup just five months away, the tournament will help Japan prepare for their crunch World Cup group matches in which they are scheduled to face Spain, Germany, and either Costa Rica or New Zealand in Group E of the World Cup, scheduled to kick off in November 21st in Qatar. The Desert Foxes of Algeria also defeated Iran 2-1 in a friendly match held at the Jassim bin Hamad Stadium in Doha, Qatar. Riyad Benayad opened the scoring for Algeria before Lerisa Jahan Bakish equalized the match for Iran in the 64th minute. Algerian winger Mohamed El Amin Amora later netted the winner in the 82nd minute. The Persian Leopards of Iran continues to prepare for the 2022 FIFA World Cup where they're drawn along with England, the US and Wales in Group B. The Lone Stars of Liberia will also kick off their 2023 African Camp of Nations qualification campaign when they take a trip to the state Mohammed V to square off with the Atlas Lions of Morocco on Monday. The Atlas Lions heads into the game fresh off the back of an opening day victory against South Africa and will look to keep the ball rolling. Moving on to some of the international friendly matches played during the weekend, England failed to break down European champions Italy in the end securing a goalless draw in a match that was played at the Molinex Stadium. The match was played behind closed doors as punishment for the chaos that preceded the last clash between the two titans. The Azzurri beat England in the Euro 2020 final played at Wembley. Here's England coach Gareth Southgate's verdict on his team's performance. We're disappointed not to win the game. I think we had two or three very good chances that you know we, we have to take. You, you don't get loads of chances in games against the top-level teams. That's how it is. We'd like to have created more given the amount of possession we had, and we definitely used the ball better in the back two-thirds of the field than we did the other night, so that was uh, pleasing. Um, <clears throat> but in the end, we, we've not got the goal uh, to make the difference. And, uh, you know, in, uh, we are very, very reliant on Harry and, and Raheem for our goals at the moment. And uh, that is that is a, a concern. Um, with the players that came into the team, very pleased with uh, um, Aaron Ramsdale. I thought he, he made important saves, was very calm in possession of the ball. Um, so that that was exactly what we were hoping he would bring. 
with uh, Ficayo, who I thought um, in the main defended very well. Was calm with the ball. His speed is uh, a great asset for us at the back. So I thought he played with confidence. I thought Prowsey did a very good job. Used the ball well. Organised the game. Um, his switches of play were good. So I thought it was a really positive night for him. That's England manager Gareth Southgate following his team's drawing the National League group stage against Italy. The U.S. men's national team also thrashed Granada 5-0 in the CONCACAF Nations League with Jesus Ferreira scoring four out of the five goals in a match that was played at Austin FC's Q2 Stadium. U.S. coach Greg Berhalter shared his thoughts on the match. Looking at the game today and the conditions and the opponent, um, I'm proud of the guys for the way we handled it. It's always about. It was always going to be about us and our mindset and what what our focus was in this game. And I think that um, although it took a bit to get into into top gear, we certainly did. And um, you know we're very dangerous, particularly in the second half of the game. And it, it's a good start to our title defense of um, of the Nations League. That was U.S. coach Greg Bellington following his team win against Grenada. The Netherlands stretched their unbeaten run to 12 games after earning a two-all draw against Poland. While Germany drew yet again in the UEFA Nations League after securing a one-all draw against Hungary. And moving on to the latest football transfer news, Liverpool have agreed a deal to sign Benfica forward Darwin Nunes. Nunes, who joined Benfica in September 2020, was the top scorer in Portugal's top flight last season, ending the year with 34 goals in 41 appearances. The incoming deal could have an impact on the future of Senegalese speedster Sadio Mane, who has attracted interest from Bundesliga champion Bayern Munich. Former Juventus captain Giorgio Chiellini has also signed for MLS club Los Angeles FC. While Juventus are also interested in signing French football of Guinean descent Paul Pogba on a free transfer from Manchester United. Reporting for the sunny side of sports and Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. Prince mentioned Jesus Ferreira scoring four of the five USA goals in their big victory over Granada. Here are a few fun facts about Jesus Ferreira. He's 21 years old, and he was born in Colombia. He moved to the southwestern U.S. city of Dallas, Texas at the age of 10 after his father, David Ferreira, signed with FC Dallas in Major League Soccer. The younger Ferreira joined FC Dallas's youth program and he scored his first MLS professional goal in 2017 in his debut match against Real Salt Lake. Jesus Ferreira's four goals against Granada tie a U.S. men's national team record for most goals in a game. It's the fifth time the mark has been achieved and the first time since Landon Donovan scored four goals against Cuba in 2003. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. And to all our VOA listeners, please note, we've moved our programs to voaafrica.com. There you will find your favorite VOA TV and radio programs, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. 
Hi, this is Larry London, the host of BOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. In African boxing, Uganda has produced some great fighters over the years. Among them, former world champions John the Beast Mugabe, Ayub Kalule, and Justin the Destroyer Juko. Three-time Olympian Charles Labulwa regards Justin Juco as the top boxer he's trained. Labulwa became a trainer after making history for Uganda as a 15-year-old fighter at the 1980 Moscow Olympics. In a wide-ranging interview with Magume Davis Rakawinj in Kampala, Labulwa reflected on his career in the fight game. During those days, it was specific special boxing that is i can call it it was a terrific one whereby you could meet anybody from any any continent most especially the americans and uh, these uh, greece people they were very good at, uh, at that game of boxing you and uh, your two brothers uh, fred muteweta and uh, robert, robert Rukanga, we are also boxers mm-hmm. and uh, but i understand that in 1977 uh, you are still uh, uh, still in Olivo, and uh, you had been selected to participate in the national, champion, national championships. Then your parents decided to transfer you rather uh, to another school because they didn't want you to participate in the boxing. Why? Uh, of course, parents n- never never wanted that game. They thought that that was a dubious sport. For, I mean, for for these lemon, the leftovers, the buyers. But then m- m- my parents knew what I was. Because they knew I wanted sports to, during my young, at my young age. But then all the same, I forced myself, although the parents never wanted it, they forced me even to take me back to Masaka in, 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 in private school so that I, I don't face anything. That, that is about 300 kilometers away from Kampala, from where you are? Yeah, exactly. That's 330 kilometers. They are very keen to see that I study. I also studied war at my, 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 my back of my head. Although well, I was doing boxing, but then even school was there. Uh, they wanted you to first finish your education and then you do boxing. Exactly. This is what they wanted. But then it was too late because I'd entered into the, you know, the sweet science of the game at that time. And at, at 15 years, 
uh, to be exact, actually, you are 15 years and uh, 206 days when you represented Uganda at the Moscow Olympics as the first, as the youngest Ugandan ever to represent uh, at the Olympics in boxing. I had some nervosity. I was very nervous, not knowing what to do. But then, all the same, first time in the boxing ring at international level and the first competition in the boxing world. I felt the principles of, of, of boxing were even into me. Everybody was, hey, you young man, how do you box? But then I said, I, I used to tell them, you will see me in the ring. But oh, unfortunately, my first fight, uh, which I boxed, I lost it. Hungarian gentleman. Yeah, uh, Gedo, because he was a very experienced person. Exactly. Gedo was very experienced because he was a silver medalist in the Montreal Games in 1976. Yeah. And, and two years later, uh, actually, you also immediately represented Uganda at uh, Melbourne Olympic Commonwealth uh, Games, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you actually reached the quarterfinals. Yeah, exactly. That one. Uh, it was a fight for, for death, and because my opponent, whom I faced, was a Kenyan from uh, from Kenya, because I, I, I beat him in in, in Eastern Central twice, but then when we went for the, the, those Olympics, I lost to him in the quarterfinals, and I felt very, very, uh, very decent because I, I the man whom I had, he hit twice, and then we come in, in such a game and. He hits me. I, I said, no, possibly the judges were not. Uh, but then the truth was I lost to, to, to the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, now you are getting experience. In 1984, uh, you got your chance, your first victory at the Los Angeles Olympics in the United States, mm. where you defeated the Australian uh, Shane Knox exactly. on points. Exactly. Uh, do, do you think it was experience, or you think by luck you had gotten a weaker opponent? No, it, it wasn't a weaker opponent. It was an experience, and my... My te technical advice was mounted into me to, to sit with that I overhauled that man. In, and, and at the 1988 uh, Seoul Games, you you are to get a chance to represent Uganda now for the third time as an Olympiad. Yeah. And uh, you did not only go there, I think it was like a history in making. You went there with uh, your brother, uh, Fred Muteweta, and uh, you also were the captain of the bombers. Yes. It was like many things in you at, this, at that time. Yeah, there were very many things in me. The experience, the know-how, and everything, and how to handle such situations when I, I'm, I'm invited for. I, I felt very amazed when... I, I lost to a Nigerian. That Nigerian was almost a brother to the other one whom I lost in Los Angeles. They were brothers. And then I wasn't content, but I couldn't change anything. Things would go like that. It's like you had bad luck uh, fighting Nigerians. Exactly. No, no, not bad luck, because all the draws were coming on, the, on their advantage. Whenever I, I meet a Nigerian, I lose. I don't know why. But then I was statistic and very enthusiastic to situate that I, I must become a champion in the, the most coming years. How was it for you, transitioning from uh, you being a boxer and now becoming a, a coach? Yeah, it is not, it, it is not an easy time, I mean, it means a going. It's a, it also needs some specific talent identification 
choosing boys who have who have ever done what you, you did yourself. You can see it being exposed in them, and then how you handle them during the fight, and the attention they give you when you're trying to put them at that level. So talking about talent. We talked about Asiku, and then there is Justin Juko, the f uh, former world champion. Uh, many people that have gone under you, and maybe in the Lekle, those that you have trained and those that you have mentored. Who would you say has been your greatest product so far in your boxing? Yeah, I think my greatest product in boxing is Justin Juko, the destroyer. He's a man who used to hit somebody at a tremendous speed and at, at unknown, say, I mean, unknown situation where somebody is already down in a KO. Most of his, most of his wins have been by KOs. And talking about uh, those things about uh, KOs, mm. knock knockouts. Mm. What is so special about Ugandan boxers? Would you say they are super gifted, or maybe you are heeding to the advice that uh, was given by the former president, uh, do, uh, Dr. Fred Marshall Idaminda, as he used to love himself. He used to say that uh, because you are you are complaining a lot that you are being cheated by judges, yeah. and then he said the best way for you to do yeah. is to knock them down. Yeah. Wherever you are, you are in the ring, even the supporters outside the, who come for, for, for those tournaments, they always tell you cannot. Give him a knockout. Remember me, just John the Beast Mugabe, right? Yeah, use that one. And then you also come and become encouraged. And then when the bell goes, you start straight away with him. And then and at the end of the whole thing, you have knocked out. That's boxing trainer and three-time Olympian Charles Labulwa. And Charles spoke with Magume Davis Rakawinj in Kampala, Uganda. Sportings, greetings to you, sports fans. This is John Senebo, a.k.a. The Big John, boxing analyst, boxing promoter, here to in River State and former River State heavyweight boxing champion. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on the voice of America. Keep it locked right here. Thank you. Thank you, The Big John. Now let's go to Northern California, where the Golden State Warriors will host the Boston Celtics later Monday night in Game 5 of the National Basketball Association Finals. The best of seven championship series is tied at two games each. The Warriors beat the Celtics Friday night in Game 4, thanks to another excellent shooting performance from star guard Stephen Curry. The AP's Gethin Coolbaugh reports. A signature performance by Stephen Curry helped the Warriors even the NBA Finals at two games apiece with a 107-97 Game 4 road win over the Celtics. Curry logged his third highest scoring output in a playoff game, pouring in a game-high 43 points while draining seven threes to help Golden State overcome a five-point deficit midway through the fourth quarter. It means everything knowing the sense of urgency we had to have tonight to uh, win on the road and keep some life in the series, get a home court advantage back and you know try to create some momentum our way. It was a hard fought win. I think our first quarter really set the tone. You know, even though we were down one, there's night and day difference between game three and game four, how we came out defensively. And that just gives you enough life to kind of withstand some some rough patches. And then 
you know, find some runs. We get some stops, get out in transition, guys get involved. And, you know, you give yourself a chance to win it down the stretch. So proud of everybody and in terms of our physicality, our focus, you know, perseverance throughout the game. 2-2 two is way better than 3-1 going home. So, uh, you know, job well done tonight. Jason Tatum scored just seven of his team-high 23 points after halftime as the Celtics were outscored 58-43 to in the second half. We trying as hard as we can, but we do, like, there's certain things that we got to clean up, obviously, turnovers, uh, movement on the offensive end. You know, what we have liked to win today and be a 3-1, that would have been best-case scenario, but um, it's the finals. And, you know, in the art of competition, you know, they came here with, you know, no feeling like they had to win. I mean, you know, it wasn't easy. And I think that's... Um, it's kind of the beauty of it that is, is it is not going to be easy and it shouldn't be. Um, you know, we both want it and you know we got to go take it. Game five is Monday in San Francisco. Gethin Kulbop, Austin. Thanks, Gethin. Celtics head coach Ime Udoka was asked, "What was the message to your team after the game four loss in Boston?" Had our opportunities tonight, uh, especially uh, when we did have a five six point lead. It felt like. We didn't have our best possessions and kind of let them back in the game, whether it was turnovers or poor offense. And it's gone along with our season, and especially this postseason. Uh, we had to do it the difficult way and have been battle-tested, you know, throughout some series, Milwaukee, Miami, and have to do it again. So um, could have been an easier road, uh, obviously, if you get the win tonight. But it is what it is, and we're 2-2 two two now, and uh, we know we can do it. We've done it before, and keep your head up, and let's go get one on the road. As head coach Ime Udoka and the Celtics try to get one on the road, the Warriors know what's needed to capture their fourth NBA championship since 2015. So says star guard Steph Curry, as we hear now from the AP's Jane Ferry. Ask Steph Curry, and he says there's a formula that has to be followed for the Warriors to win the NBA championship. It comes down to the way that we defend, the way that we um bring intensity, especially to start games, understanding how they respond after losses. Um, that was one of the big points in the series. Two great teams, they know how to respond. They know how to win in other people's buildings. The Warriors have allowed an average of 90.5 points in their two wins compared to 118 the two losses. As for intensity, Golden State has folded in the fourth quarter of the two losses, outscored 40-16 to in Game 1 and 23-11 to in Game 3. Curry is averaging 34.3 points in the series, but the Warriors have just two other starters scoring more than 10. I'm Jane Ferry. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music, from bubble music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Dumbolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC, right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. On the professional golf beat, world number three Rory McIlroy has successfully defended his title at the Canadian Open. 
The AP's Graham Agars reports. It took him three years to do it, but Rory McIlroy finally waited out the COVID cancellations to successfully defend his Canadian Open title. McElroy birdied the last two holes to hold off challengers from Tony Finau and the PGA champion Justin Thomas. I went out with a lead and had to shoot eight under par to get the, get the job done. So, you know, going up against guys like JT and Tony and coming out on top, that's... Uh, you know, that's something to feel really good about. The Irishman was tied for the lead with Thomas with just two to play, but a two-shot swing on the 17th secured the victory, his first title defence and his 21st career win on the PGA Tour. Tony Finau stole second place with the last hole birdie. Thomas claimed third. I'm Graham Agars. Thanks, Graham. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. In auto racing, Daniel Suarez had tears in his eyes for many reasons Sunday after he realized a lifelong dream after winning a NASCAR Cup Series race in Sonoma, California. The AP's Jerry Jordan reports from Sonoma. Daniel Suarez said last week that his luck has been so bad lately that he didn't think anyone would pick him to win, but everything changed on Sunday at Sonoma Raceway as he became the first Mexican-born driver to get a win in the NASCAR Cup Series. It was just a special day. you know. I have always seen California as, as my second home, and, uh, and to be able to get the first victory here is... It's quite special. It was a statement victory for Suarez and his Trackhouse Racing team, owned by Justin Marks and the rapper Pitbull, as he led 47 of the 110-lap race. He did it by holding off Chris Busher and road course expert Michael McDowell, who finished second and third, respectively. Jerry Jordan, Sonoma, California. edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm DOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Sonny side.